Welcome to Space Lore and Bait Podcast. My name is Connor Yee. And I'm Connor Flannery. And this is our 50th official episode. Big, Feels good. Big 5-0. Today we're talking about the NBA trade deadline that just passed yesterday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, which is where we are. Mm-hmm. Let's talk first about the biggest trade of them and the first real big one, Rockets, Wolves, Hawks, and Nuggets. And no, I didn't list two separate trades. That is a twelve <laughs> a twelve person trade, like fourteen items including picks. Yeah, it was 14. something else. I mean, it's certainly a way to kick off our deadline. Um, and I mean, outside of the like weird Jordan Clarkson stuff that happened, yeah, it was like kind of the first real trade since this off season. Like, I, and I would first like big impact trade. Yeah, since this off season and just major impacts. I think like for the for the two lesser teams of like getting concrete assets were definitely the Wolves and the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. I think the Nuggets bottom line they got. Like, to me, just what stood out is they got rid of Malik Beasley because they were looking to do that, even though Malik Beasley is a great player and I think he's really going to contribute. I do think that he was a restricted free agent and they didn't want to pay him. So that that explains that. And they also get an asset that mm-hmm. they might be able to flip in the future. And then talking about the Wolves, they obviously got some assets back that they were able to flip later for, for D'Angelo Russell, but we'll talk about the, that a bit later. Yeah. Just getting two minor teams out of the way. Obviously, the big the big swap is Robert Covington and uh, Clint Capella. That makes, I mean, this is everywhere. But the, really, the big probably the biggest question of the deadline is like, like, like <laughs> what is going on with the Rockets? Because I don't think that anything like this has ever happened in NBA history. Like the Warriors ran their death lineups. It, sure, PJ Tucker plays you, some minutes at center. If you sure. had been following my tweets on Space the Floor Twitter, follow us at Space the Floor on Twitter. <laughs> Casual plug. I am very, I am very proud of my tweets. <laughs> um, you would know that the last lineup before last night. Oh, I saw this was a good tweet. That the last lineup to not play a player over six foot six in the NBA was the 1963 New York Knicks. But now Whoa. the most recent team and is the 2020 Houston beyond Rockets. Beyond that, like the 1963 Knicks probably had like a six foot eight guy coming off their bench. Yeah, like, like it's not because they chose to do that. The it's Rockets' like, like depth chart doesn't even feature a center anymore. It's like yeah, unless you're counting like Isaiah Hartenstein and Tyson Chandler, but those are guys that are just but, are not going to get minutes. I, I was gonna make the point that even then, like having like a six foot six guy as your top dude, like mm-hmm. that is not like that small of a center. Like like probably in like 1963, the average center yeah, was like um, six foot eight, like six foot nine. Yeah. Which so like I mean that's proportional to like a six foot seven guy today. So like it's not even comparable. Yeah, it's even to the nineteen sixties New York Knicks. And it was also weird. Like uh, probably the the strangest thing number one was that James Harden took the tip. Like from 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 the first (laughs) second of the game, things were weird. Honestly, I I was getting ready for tip off, and I see James Harden taking the tip. I'm like (laughs) I'm like I'm like he's not gonna jump. He's not going to jump. Because would that not be the biggest James Harden thing of all time? To, to, just, <laughs> to not jump? I mean, if you're going to take the tip, though, you have to jump. Dude, it would be so funny. It would be awesome. It, but but like, then you just make somebody else take the tip. No, no, no. Not even because it's James Harden. One, because it's James Harden. But two, but like, two, just like, there's no chance he wins? Yeah, like, for example, if, it was, if it was like Popovich coaching that team, don't you think he would have a sense of humor and tell James Harden to not, take, to not jump? Mm, I think Pop has a sense of humor. I don't think he has that much of a sense of humor. They they, they, weren't, they weren't gonna win. They weren't yeah, gonna okay. win the right. Okay, understood. But tips I, aside, I I actually think so one thing that's worth mentioning is now that we're doing this sort of a day later, maybe two days later. No, was no, it, it was yesterday. It doesn't right? feel like yesterday, right? It's crazy. You, you a lot me has two happened. days ago. I was like, yeah, okay. Was it, was it so the NBA trade deadline was yesterday, Thursday at three o'clock. Yeah, twenty eight hours ago. So 
now that we're doing this, I guess, 28 hours later instead of 30 minutes later, we got to see one game of the Rockets, the new-look Rockets. Not, it's not that that new, but, but Rockets with no center, as in extra super small ball, like even more so than before, versus the best team in the Western Conference, at least record With the best big man in the Western Conference. Very true. So one of the things that I immediately saw as soon as the trade come out, came out is I was like, when the Rockets eventually come up against the the, the Lakers or the Jazz or the, the Nuggets, Nuggets, like Yo- like Jokic, AD, Rudy Gobert are going to tear P.J. Tucker or whoever's at the center apart. I was very <laughs> surprised with the way that the that the Rockets were able to handle Anthony Davis. Because while he did score 32 points, they're sort of switching defense in the post in, in sort of double-teaming, swarming, and then like hopping back off and getting back onto guys in the perimeter was impressive. Did you watch the full game? I only watched part of it. And yeah. So I watched a lot of the highlights. I watched the I first half. I had a lot of work yesterday. Yeah. But I was I was impressed by that because I, I we were talking about it like right after school is – if Anthony Davis doesn't score 40 points tonight and touch the ball every time down the court while LeBron James plays 10 minutes and he plays 48, like, there's a problem. It should. It seems so simple. Somehow, the Rockets managed to make it work. They managed to, like, contain him while also having this five-out awesome system that allowed Russell Westbrook to score 41 points with dude, relative would, ease. Dude, it was, like, so annoying to watch him play, though. Because, like, <laughs> there would be times... So I'm, like, such a big proponent of, like, the, the one-foot finish versus the two-foot finish. And, like, uh-huh. the two-foot finish is statistically much more efficient. You can draw more fouls. You can have more control. And, when it, like, it's so obvious that when Russell Westbrook goes off of one, if he's not dunking the ball, oh. it's, like, so... It, it's so <laughs> and, out of control. And just, like, there are so many of those, what are you doing? <laughs> we... I, like if you again shouting at our Twitter, if you if you've been following our Twitter, you know that one of my favorite things is to tweet out how bad Russell Westbrook looks to me when I'm watching the Rockets games. Last night you tweeted out about how bad Russell Westbrook was because you tweeted out something like he had the most inefficient 45 seconds of basketball, and it was kind of impressive. I wasn't even watching at that point. I knew exactly what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> but like, for some reason, the Rockets took the W last night. Seven point win. No, I'm telling you, it, it's not like some magic reason. I'm impressed. It, it's because just like talking about on court, just like first of all, I was watching this game just mm-hmm. like as a as a as a like a critic. I was like, what are they doing? Like, how are they going to do this? Our team's going to be able to catch on. Of course. Like, if they throw the ball into the post, they were very quick to double down. And keep in mind, mm-hmm. this is their first game doing this. I understand that teams are going to adapt to them, but the Rockets yes, also just traded for Robert Covington yesterday. Mm-hmm. This is their first game on the court. He doesn't know half their plays. Yes. And he doesn't necessarily know their new style of shifting down. Now they do, do the other players. But basically, Anthony Davis gets thrown the ball. He's immediately swarmed to where he isn't focused on getting a bucket. He's focused on, is there a guy behind me? Mm-hmm. And, like, that just throws him off. And just overall, on offense, it was just – it was so entertaining. And, like, on offense and defense because it was like, this is not normal. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> it was just, it was very exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and – I think two other points that I meant to mention was the Rockets only got re- out-rebounded by one. Yeah. That's awesome. That, that's that's another concern on top of the defense is can they rebound? I, I don't think According, that will happen every night, though. That's There's an argument to be had, right? I don't think this game is a perfect example of what the, the rest of the Rockets season is going to look like, and we'll keep getting into that. But also, this is one game. 
I think that that defensive strategy that they pulled out tonight, or that pulled out last night, sorry, was was surprising, was impressive. It's probably not going to work by the time the playoffs come around. When all of a sudden you're playing seven games against a team potentially, and mm, yeah, like, and then you have you have like a few days to prepare before the series starts, and in between games and this and that, doing this that same thing where it's like, okay, let's swarm. Good coaches are going to find out ways to pick you apart doing that. Find out ways to run pick and rolls, to run more complicated plays. They're going to get their big men open. Or I mean, sure, Anthony but... Davis is a good enough passer to where if you do swarm him and he knows it's coming, he's going to be able to pass out of that and find the Lakers shooters. And, like I, I agree. On a normal in, I agree in the sense that I think I still think that like the Lakers and the Clippers will beat the Rockets in a playoff yeah. series. But I, I do think that you can't just say like, oh, coaches have a game plan, it's over. Because mm-hmm. I do think that. Coaches have never game planned for this before, and while they, and while they will be able to draw something up, who knows if it's going to work? Mm. Like like because this has never been done before. Obviously, and also to be seen. like not only will like the coaches have to like pick apart the Rockets' offense, they're going to have to learn how to defend the Rockets because yeah. like w- like they're going to have to like work something up to hide their centers on like the worst offensive player or rather the slowest offensive player. I'm not as worried about that because I think that they're are a number of guys in this Rockets team that kind of just catch and shoot. They're great at that, but I, you let, like, for example, Daniel House dribble, I think. But he's he, awesome. He, he's awesome at just hitting open threes. But if you're... But, like, I think as, as let's say, the Lakers, if you, like, have to put Anthony Davis on Daniel House for possession, you're cool with that if oh, Daniel House is going to, like, end up driving on Anthony but, Davis. But, no, 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 but... The, the the team will never give like Daniel House the ball and be like go get a bucket. But the well, whole the whole point is. But you're, talk, like, but you're if, talking if, about if, hiding if, the center. But if anything, so if, that, but if, 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 if you're anything, talking about you hide him, you hide him on one of the Rockets' other perimeter guys. They're not. I don't. I just don't think that guys like a PJ Tucker, a Daniel House, um, are going to be like attacking. Like, I understand Davis. he's not going to like blow by. But like first of all, with the Lakers example, I think it's a total win if you're the Rockets if you have Anthony Davis anywhere besides the paint. That's true as well. Also, right? like, like for example, yeah. like, like before it would be James Harden, Clint Capella picking roles. If like LeBron or or like Danny Green is is on James Harden, mm-hmm. and then you have that switch, that's that's the worst case scenario for the Rockets. Mm. So I think that particular that like just came to right now that would help. But I just think in general, like this is literally five out, and like they would never have been able to do that with Clint Capella. So it, I, it's just different, and it, it's going to come down to can James Harden get past this guy and create space. I, I think I, I listened to recently the, the like Zach Lowe and Bob Myers reactions to the trade deadline, which I think was very well done. And one of the things they said was the Rockets had last year four shooters plus Clint Capella because Chris Paul is a great shooter, great great, great three point shooter. As in Chris Paul was doing a lot of James Harden esque three uh, things with the way that he would take step back threes. Not as good at it as James Harden is, because obviously James Harden might be the best ever at that, but a very good shooter. You replace Chris Paul this year with a pretty horrible shooter in Russell Westbrook. As in, he's, he's Russell Westbrook taking is taking threes. Exactly. He's at his best when he's not taking threes. That's awesome because Russell Westbrook has suddenly exploded, but to maintain the rocket system, you need to have only one guy on the court. They can't shoot threes. If you have Russell Westbrook not shooting threes and Clint Capella not shooting threes, that, that does create some pro- problems, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, that turns into three out realistically instead of five. Yeah. So now that they've done this, right, and so you have basically this five out system where you have two main options, which is either 
James Harden ISO kick to another shooter, and you only have one guy that can help off the perimeter off of Russell Westbrook, or if James Harden's having an off night, if you need something else to go to, Russell Westbrook is attacking that paint with ferocity, right? Like like MVP Russell Westbrook just like driving to the rim and going off. And the that's two where feet. he's at his best. And going off the two feet, <laughs> not one foot, right? Never uh, one foot. Yeah, and, and so I, I do. I like the rock. I like the Rockets' kind of new look, and that I think that it it complements their two options in Russell Westbrook or James Harden better than ever, offensively. I'm still worried about the defense, but also like Robert Covington last night was doing this sort of free safety defense thing, and he's 6'8", actually got like a handful of blocks. Great defense. And was like killing it. So coming off the bench, I think, right? He came yeah, off the yeah, bench. he came yeah. off the bench. So I was impressed by that. The, the only thing for me is Mike D'Antoni and James Harden both made great points, and I agree with this, in, in support of the Rockets. I mm-hmm. think that they said pretty much while they may not be big in terms of height, Pretty much everyone on their roster, except maybe you could argue, argue like Daniel House, is like stout, like like very very <laughs> ripped. I'm PJ Tucker, six five, but is like, like big body. He he's very big. Bo- <laughs> he's very big body. He, you got him stout. James Harden. James Harden is yeah. like one of the best. Like I like might argue that James guys. Harden is a better post defender than perimeter defender. No, I I think that's definitely fair. Yeah. And then Russell Westbrook and Robert Covington, they're all they're all like very mm-hmm. sturdy guys, and I think to that end. The post defense will be very good, and mm-hmm. I think that'll help them against Anthony Davis. The only thing that I don't, the only question that I still have is, will the rim protection be there? Because that that's yeah. that's two different things in post mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. Rim protection as in just altering shots from the weak side. And and based on last night alone, their strategy is, we're going to handle rim protection not with one guy in Clint Capella, who yeah. I I personally think is a pretty elite rim protector, but more of as like a team by committee kind of thing. Yeah. As in, we're going to just swarm the paint whenever anybody gets in there and then spread back out as, as fast as we can to stop the three. That seems a little bit flawed to me. Maybe it'll hold up. That remains to be seen. But also, all five of those guys are fast. As in, like, you don't have any center, like, waddling back out to the three-point line. Like, <laughs> any PJ Tucker, like, might be the slowest guy in the court. He's still pretty quick. Yeah, no goons. So, solid. I think that... For the most part, that covers what I've got to say about the Rockets. Yeah, me too. I, I think it's just overall. I think this helps their playoff chances. Okay. If if we want to just talk about the playoffs I, for like I, a quick thirty I, seconds, I disagree with that. I think that it hurts their playoff chances. I, well, I don't know if it helps their playoff chances. I think it makes them a better team. Uh, yeah, I don't think it makes them a better team. I think that going further into the Dale Daryl Morey like craziness, it. Uh, I'm not. I, I can't really say I'm surprised, as in full send or no send. It's just like, keep going with it is kind of the way I think about it. I, I don't fault them for making this move. But I think there's also a reason that no team has ever tried this before. I don't think it's winning basketball. Okay, but Mike D'Antoni's seven seconds or less offense, he has gone out and said, I think Funky Diabetic mentioned this, but he's gone out and said in interviews that Mike D'Antoni, his only regret in the seven seconds or less offense is... He didn't do it enough. But it's not like that seven or se- seven seconds or less offense was in the finals, and that was a difference. Yeah, maybe they didn't do it enough. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that going that little extra step, I think that what he means by that more than anything is 
you've got to try it. You got to see that if you're going to commit to if you're going to if you're going to run the system, you got to commit to yeah, it like and see it through to the end. How long have the Rockets been a top six they've, team in the league without making it to the exactly. finals? Exactly. So in that way, I like this. It's yeah, risky. I don't, I don't, it's ballsy. Go for it. Yeah. But I also don't think it makes them better. So I I don't fault them for making this move. I think it's going to come back to bite them, and that they're not going to be able to stop anybody, it, it, and they're going to st- and their rebounding is going to struggle. I. It, last night they also shot 19 for 42 from three. Awesome shooting night. That's not always going to happen. If you have a night where you shoot 10 for 45, that's a loss. Definitely. But right. I feel. And like there are going to be that. nights like they're they're going to be nights like that in a seven game series. Is the way I think about it. Especially they do have an awesome shooting team, but every once in a while it's going to happen. That one game is going to come back to bite you against. The Lakers, the Clippers, like you need to win every game against the. Okay, but just because they teams. they can't beat the Lakers and the Clippers doesn't mean they're not better. I think like well, like where I associate them. That's true. That like, is a fair point. The, where I associate them before and after this trade is, I think they're still in the like secondary tier of uh-huh. the Rockets, the Nuggets, and the Jazz. That's my second tier. I don't put the Mavericks in there. But I don't but put now the with Thunder confidence, I will pick the Jazz over them. For example. I don't, really, I would I, have thought about that harder before this trade. Would you have the Nuggets over them in a playoff series, before and or after? I'm gonna say before. I would have said no. Now I have to think pretty hard about it. I'm, I'm, I'm still gonna lean towards no because I think that the Rockets have proven more in the playoffs than the Nuggets have. The Rockets are a team that has made the Western Conference Finals. The Nuggets, eh, have not. Right, done that. like they're they're a regular season team. They still have a lot to show. So I'm still gonna go with the Rockets, but I think it's. I'm going to say right now, I feel less confident in the Rockets making a playoff run than before. It makes them more dangerous. I don't think it makes them better. It makes their ceiling higher. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree that, with that. That's a good, it, that's makes a good... their, it makes their ceiling higher. It makes their floor lower. Yeah. And honestly... It makes them dangerous. When you've been like number like five or number four or number three in the, in the league for the past five years, like... No Warriors this year? Yeah. Ma- maybe you want to just... Last year on D'Antoni's contract. True. Like, this is the year to go for it if they're going to. Yeah. True. Right. All right. And so I think we can both agree this team's going to be fun as heck every night to, to, to go watch, mm-hmm. at least for me. Agreed. And then on to the Hawks. That was the other team we did talk about in this four-team trade. Whoa. Right. Like, we just talked for 18 <laughs> minutes about this trade, and we haven't gotten to the Hawks. A lot to unpack here. But the Hawks, obviously, Trey Young, Clint Capella, that keeps Trey Young happy. That's a theme that we also saw in the D'Angelo Russell trade is – when you've got a young star in today's NBA where stars have a lot of power, you got to keep your guys happy. So regardless of, I mean, of how great of a trade this is, there's a little bit of an extra like credit that you have to give to the Hawks for an office and that no matter what, Trey Young is going to be happier waking up today than he was two days ago. Okay, but also keep in mind he's a, rook- a second-year player. Like, mm-hmm. He's a rookie. That, like, he's time it, left, right? But like, I, I, like he can't leave if the if the Hawks don't want him to leave. So I, I don't mm-hmm. I think that should be a factor for Cat just cuz he's not on his rookie contract. Yeah, that's true. Um and he he has like 2 years left on his deal or something, but I but, I, I don't think that should be the primary or secondary factor. I I see a lot of people saying what you're uh-huh. saying. I, I just I don't see it as much. I feel I, like it's a bit more of a narrative. But I, but Trey Young has already shown them enough for them to think that he is their franchise player. You can agree with that. You can disagree yeah, with that. They, they they are fully buying into if they're going to win a championship in the next 10 years, it's going to be with Trey Young as their best guy. 
Yeah, and I think so. I think Clink Pella enhances his play on court. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't think they were like being like, "I oh, mean, we gotta, we gotta get a trade. We gotta make Trey happy." Young, but Trey Young, there were reports like, but early this season that Trey Young was very much wanted the front office to pursue a move like this. Well, of course they did. Of course he did. <laughs> they were they sucked. Um, but but hey, not but uh, yeah. but a lot there are a lot of other teams that are okay with sucking, right? Yeah. Trey Young was very explicit about like, I want a guy. That was also when John Collins was out. But I do I do think this makes sense in that Clint Capella is like 25, 26. John Collins probably can't play the five because defensively rebounding and like he's eh, even though offensively like very versatile. I think that he fits well next to John Collins. He fits well next to Trey Young. And most importantly, I was saying, I, if you go back and watch my New Year's resolutions video, I talked about a lot of the trade deadline because the trade deadline was coming up. A lot of the NBA news was about that. So a lot of that video was focused on what could teams do at the trade deadline. Sort of unintentionally, that's how it happened. One of the things I said about the Hawks was, don't be buyers just to make Trey Young happy and like give away DeAndre Hunter, give away Cam yeah. Reddish. Those guys are still like six months into their NBA careers. Give them time. They kept all those guys. Yeah. So huge props to the, for the to the Hawks for getting Clint Capella and not having to give up any of those guys. I think they gave up like a Brooklyn first. If if that's it, like like fine. A first like, round pick for whom? Like like the is, Bro- yeah. like the Brooklyn first round pick is probably gonna be like what like eighteenth. Like is mm-hmm. is the eighteenth best player really gonna help you more like than Clint Capella is right now? Yeah, like, that's a really good way to think about it. I think that yeah, I think it especially makes sense. when when you you already have a starting lineup full of twenty two year olds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just a bit more like about the on court stuff. I think that Trey Young w- was. A top three most doubled player off of pick and rolls mm. in the league. It was like James Harden, Damian Lillard, and, and Trey Young. Yeah, and that's because there was no talent around him, so the defense felt com- comfortable enough. They're like, oh yeah, like we can get Alex Len to like get the ball off of a trap. Like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Now I think Clint Capella that um, gives Trey Young more space, and in turn, if they still want to trap him, while Clint Capella isn't like Draymond Green, I think he, he can still like finish. And maybe make I, a play. I think that Clint Capella is underrated in terms of he is so good at finding his way to get open around the basket where you'll see games where Clint Capella... Like, I remember watching one Rockets game this year where Clint Capella had, like, 20 points and 16 of them were off of, like, alley-oops and, or, or, like, free dunks at the basket. And it's like, how does he keep getting open? It's not because <laughs> Joel Embiid sucked. It's because, you know... Like, like, oh yeah, I remember, just, I remember I, that. Game. I tweeted about that. It was it was <laughs> Sixers versus Rockets, and it was like that was the night that we were both t- like yeah. tweeting without talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> it, so it, it wasn't just bad defense from Joel Embiid. It was just that Clint Capella kept finding open lanes. It was just Hakeem when Capella. You have, <laughs> when you have that dangerous of a guard, that that Trey Young, James Harden type of guy, like Clint Capella is just good at finding his spots and getting open around the basket. So having that option for Trey Young, awesome. Having somebody to cover up Trey Young on defense, awesome. Because Very I keep awesome. saying this, Trey Young is a horrible defender, one of the worst in the league. As great as he is on offense, That's not a hot take. Like, yeah, no, like, yeah. I agree. Like, but if if the no matter what, you can't get around this. When the Hawks inevitably decide they're going to make a championship kind of run around Trey Young, they're going to have to surround him with elite defenders, like four elite defenders, just to cover up his lack of defense. Yeah. So Clint Capella could be one of those four guys. Yeah. So I think we're both pretty positive on the Hawks. Yeah. Don't give that much up. Get a really good asset. 
And yeah, that, that's all we have to say on the Hawks uh-huh. and that entire trade. Yeah. All right, going on to the Cavs versus Pistons. I was taking a physics test as this happened, <laughs> and, and right before the physics test, instead of like being like, "I man, I gotta study F equals EQ," I'm like, "AOC, AOC plan." When I'm taking the physics test, tweet what happens dur- dur- during the NBA trade deadline because I have priorities. Yeah, and looking but, out for the fans. And so I come out of the test at three o'clock, and 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 he tells me it's like, "Yo, yo, yo, yo." Andre Drummond was traded to the Cavs. I was like, oh my gosh. And then like, and then we just keep talking and all, and all of a sudden someone else is like, oh yeah, they gave back Brandon Knight, John, John Henson in a second. I was like, what? It's, I was uh, like, what? I, I like, so, like, he finished saying like John Henson and I, I was like, I was like, and, <laughs> and, and I was like, what else? I, I like, I didn't hear the last part. Like, I, I think this is, so so what I originally tweeted, what I, so I did I did listen to your to your requests as you're taking the physics test. I I tweeted something like um that I don't understand why the Cavs are buying. They should be selling. They suck. After you had heard like per- So all I all I heard all I saw was the Woj tweet that said the Cavs are like finishing up a deal for under The Cavs are like closing this deal. So that was all I knew. Why are the Cavs buying right now? They should be selling. They're horrible, right? Like, they already have Tristan Thompson. They already have Kevin Love. It then comes out that they gave up John Henson, Brandon Knight, second-round pick. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so they didn't sell anything, and they just acquired Brand- uh, Andre Drummond. Like, that's not that bad. <laughs> that's like, I, I, I kind of like, okay. There's not that much downside it, to that. It, it wasn't a buy or a sell. It was a... Someone's giving out free Andre Drummonds, mm-hmm. and you want one. <laughs> yeah. So, so the the downside here is that because obviously the downside is not how much they gave up for an All Star caliber guy in Andre Drummond. They didn't give up very much at all. The problem is that Andre Drummond has a player option this summer. He's gonna want money. The Caps, the Cavs have the cap space, so they were kind of an ideal team to go after him. But yeah. Do they want to pay him that much money? Should they pay him that no much money? No one wants to pay him that much money. One team is going to end up paying him that much money. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it always does. Yeah. Um, and, like, I could see the Cavs doing that because Drum's, like, what, like 26? He's 26, yeah. So, it, so it, He's a lot one of those guys that feels like... I feel like he's, like, 28 by now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say 30, right? Like, he's been in the league for a while, and he's a pretty experienced guy. We've seen a lot of him, and... Not that much has changed like in the we, last like four years. Everyone knows right? what Andre Drummond is. Yeah, he's he is who he is. He's gonna be give you like like eighteen and eighteen, <laughs> <laughs> but like not really like like gonna be like solid defense. Gonna be like lower level All Star caliber player. Mm-hmm. Um, do we know if he contributes to wins? We don't know. Yeah, that's a big question. If he resigns to the Cavs, we still won't know if he contributes to wins because they probably won't be that good. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing to mention is just that. Andre Drummond's market just might not have been that big. Yeah. Well, Again, going back, to, going back to that Zach Lowe thing, there were rumors that the Celtics were going to chase him, but I guess the Celtics, the, or the the asking price for the Pistons was, we want Marcus Smart. Celtics were just like, no. Marcus Smart is a better player than Andre Drummond. Which, I, like, I, I like, think I agree with that. Like player, At this for, point, player for player, I think it's like very close, but in terms mm-hmm. of utility and value... Obviously felt fit. Zach Lowe, what was just like, regardless of fit, regardless of everything, straight up, Marcus Smart is objectively a better player than, than Andre Drummond for winning basketball. 
but like if you factor in fit, yeah, like it, it, it just it, definitely with fit, yeah, definitely with fit. But yeah, and that's what matters. So, so, Especially so, for so a contending th- team with a lot of talent. All that means is just that the Celtics didn't think that Andre Drummond was worth Marcus Smart. Cool, I agree with that. Keep Andre, or keep Marcus Smart. Don't give up Andre, don't, or don't give up Marcus Smart for Andre Drummond. So that that crosses one team off the list. The Hawks already went out and got Capella. That crosses another team off the list. And who Outside else of that, is really who, well? Yeah, buying. who else needs a center? Whether playoff team is going to be willing to give you much for Andre Drummond? So for the Pistons, clearly not the Rockets. <laughs> for the Pistons, right? They're probably just desperate to get off of Andre Drummond's money. Just start the rebound, rebuild. Just get him off your books. We do, you don't want him to sign that player option next year. You just want him off your team now. So if this was really the best trade that's available. While we just made fun of it for not getting anything, the Pistons did succeed in just getting Andre Drummond off the books. While his value is probably higher than John, John Henson, Brandon Knight, and second-round pick in general, probably. in our opinion, no other team is willing to pay more than that. So, I, for example, this article that I'm looking at is by SB Nation. You know, it's just it's listening, like, what the trade was, who got what, and then it gives it grades. The Pistons got an F here. I agree. I don't it's care. It's not an F for I the Pistons. I don't care. It's yes, not it an is. F. Yes, it, they, you think you think over the past like six months they didn't get a better offer than John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second round pick. They, th- it's not even like cap relief because Andre Drummond's yeah. off the books too. Like even though John Henson and Brandon Knight are off the books, but Andre, it's but like, no, but Andre Drummond's not off the books because he has a twenty nine million dollar. He's player not going to accept which, that, dude. There, no, he I, he came out and said, "Oh yeah, I'm probably not going to accept because I want to get a, like a four year max." He said the word max, okay. dude. And even, and then, if, and even if it's not a max, then the new then the new max is like forty million dollars, so we could just settle for thirty million dollars. Okay. So then but then the problem is if you do if you do, do that, the Pistons aren't gonna give him that money. I think they made that very clear with this trade, is that they weren't gonna give him that contract. So if you're not gonna give him that contract, trade him for something, not nothing. This is your last chance to do that. So when you're saying six they had six months, in the last six months they probably got a better offer. That's probably true. They're probably something that's a little bit better than this. Hindsight's twenty twenty. They didn't know that their the market for him is going to be close to zero by the trade deadline. Yeah, but you can still hold that against them. I yeah, don't know I, if you can, right? Even, like, even, yeah, even though it's like hindsight, of course, but like still, like it's if an offer is decent enough, pull a trigger. But but let's say they had done this trade three months ago, we would have called okay, it a terrible okay. trade then. Right? Okay, but you don't. Think, okay, you, you know they you, did a trade, trade okay, slightly but you, you better. You don't than think this? that getting these three assets were worth pretty much nothing unless the second round pick turns into like mono ginobili 2.0 but no then, but then like you don't think that that was mismanaged by the front office it could have been slightly mismanaged but even if they traded let's say just add a second second round pick onto this the same trade second second round pick his, his value slightly higher three months ago everybody would have said why didn't they wait till the trade deadline to make that trade the high his value would have been higher at the trade deadline teams would have been desperate for a center at the trade deadline why didn't they wait right so I think no matter what they did in this situation, they're going to get flamed because they didn't get that much back for Andre Drummond. Because objectively, Andre Drummond is more valuable than these three pieces. Clearly not to the NBA teams that were willing to trade. You know, like, in, in, in a vacuum, Andre Drummond's value is higher than this. In this scenario, at this trade deadline, in terms of what teams are looking for, this is all he's worth. And I don't think that he was worth a lot more six months ago. And I don't think that it's fair to criticize them for not getting more out of him because this is the offer that they took. I, I don't know, man. I, like, to, like, like, I, I don't think... I, okay, did by you, the way... Did you, think of, did you hear any real Andre Drummond trade rumors until right before the deadline? They, they're always like, oh, he could get traded, but you, you would never hear anything. So it's like, maybe it's like a Knicks situation where they just mm-hmm. was like, oh, we're going to trade this guy, oh. I, 
There you go. I, I, mostly what I mean is that if I'm grading this, I might give this like a C minus. I'm not giving it an F. I'm that's it, that's I'm disrespectful it like as heck. D minus or something. Like, this, I, if if I was a Pistons fan, I would be so disappointed right now. But they shouldn't. They shouldn't. I I don't understand. If a Pistons fan comes up to you and says that they're disappointed by this trade, I'm confused. What else do you want them to do? Do you want them to keep Andre Drummond? Because Pistons fans should be at home right now, like rejoicing that the rebuild has finally started. Just like get all, get rid of Blake Griffin, get rid of Andre Drummond. Just like you start can't over. get rid of Blake Griffin. He's untradeable. Yes. Okay. Get rid of at least Andre. Clearly, Drummond. Clearly, Andre right? Drummond was almost untradeable because they, they they got nothing. Yeah. So then, like, so I, then, I if he's almost untradeable, I understand then how they were in the worst. They were in the worst situation in the NBA, but. You're telling me that, like, like I understand the fit, I understand everything, but, like, it's so underwhelming that it, it, it is underwhelming. It is underwhelming, but it, you have to it's understand... It's overwhelmingly the, underwhelming. But you have to understand the context. It's underwhelming in a vacuum, right? Like I understand was, the context. Because, we because talked about the context. Pistons fans thought they were going to get a first-round pick for Andre Drummond. Clearly, it didn't happen. Like, okay, you got him off the books. I think that's all the Pistons wanted to do. I think they achieved at the end of di- end of the day what they were trying to do. Otherwise, they wouldn't have pulled the trigger on this deal. You don't think that they know that John Henson and Brandon Knight in the second-round pick isn't all that much? They're fully aware of what they did. They just didn't want his money. They didn't want that problem. They just wanted to get literally anything for Andre Drum before they let him walk in for agency this summer. That's the way I see it. It's not an F. It's not a, gr- it's not a great trade. It's not a huge W for the Pistons. Pistons fans should be content that the rebuild has started. And just be comfortable knowing they weren't going to do any better than this at this point. I'm saying it's F. Moving on to the Warriors Wolves trade, and I guess we could pack uh, package uh, the 76ers Wolves trade mm-hmm. in, into in, into it. The 76ers Warriors trade, rather. Um, we this was probably the biggest Woj bomb of the trade deadline for sure. It, like D'Angelo Russell was definitely the biggest name, besides Andre Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, C. Flynn. What do you um, mean? <laughs> You're salty. All right. Um, so, yeah, Andrew Wiggins. From Let's talk about the Warriors first, just because mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to be the more relevant team next year when it comes to playoffs. First of all, do you think Wiggins will be on this team by the start of next year, and do you think he will, he will be on this team by the end of next year? Like, I do like, think he'll be, trade him at the deadline? I do think he'll be in the, at the, at the, on this team at the beginning of next year because – People are people are talking right now around the league on Twitter or whatever about Andrew Wiggins being a better fit than D'Angelo Russell. Andrew or Andrew Wiggins is not as good of a player. Otherwise, they, the the Timberwolves wouldn't have had to attach a first round pick. But in terms of fit, people are saying he's a better fit because D'Angelo Russell can play the shooting guard next to Steph Curry. D'Angelo Russell or Clay Thompson being forced to play the small forward gets a little bit funky. I, I Whereas, still think he's like Clay Thompson is tall enough and a good enough defender to where like that's not a big deal at all. I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that, on and like Clay Thompson a small forward, but next to two point like two true point guards, it's weird. I, the, I mostly the fit with the fit with like Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell is a little bit weird, and then adding Clay Thompson is like the cherry on top that it's like this doesn't really work. It, that's that might be a little bit premature, and that we never really saw that them play together all at once. Yeah, but so how are you? I do think that Andrew Wiggins is better uh, is a better fit in terms of you're going to have all three of those guys playing their true positions. That's the reason I like this. Also, by the way, D'Angelo Russell's not a good defender. Put very very simply, neither is Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> he's 
a way better defender than D'Angelo Russell. That's not is. true. Andrew Wiggins has been an underwhelming defender. You think he is a good defender I, because he looks like one, and I mean, he should be, but it, he's not. He's, the, I, to be fair, the Warriors, if any team could coach, he has a lot him, of he has a lot of defensive potential. Okay, but he's like but he's 24. A, he's, I, I'm when I say that he's a way better defender. Part of what I mean is that the Warriors are going to make him a way better yeah, defender I, I would, I by would like that. by like day one because he's going to walk in there, and if if Draymond Green can't make you a hard ass, then I I don't know who can. So if there was ever a place that that Andrew Wayne's going to figure his stuff out and just get it together and like get more aggressive and just get more serious about playing winning basketball, I think it's Golden State. Golden State is not like the place to go to have your career revived. We know that's the Miami Heat. So it don't, I don't know why people are acting like it's that. It's like a factory of like, like you know, NBA greats. Like, it's no, it's just that he's going to be forced to play great defense here. And he's, gonna, and he's going to figure it out because he's got all the tools and like they're just going to make it work is the way I think. Okay, but like, for me, it's so unsettling, and this just, like, there's a nerve in me that's mm-hmm. like, no, this this is weird, and it's not going to work, to, to have Andrew Wiggins, two things. One, be on any contender, because that just seems weird. Okay. Because, like, like, Andrew Wiggins one of those guys, like, you kind of have to have him shooting the most shots, or the second most shots, or I else he's not going to be effective. I or, that. two, Andrew Wiggins, like, is not a three-point shooter at all, he's the mid-range god, and the Warriors are anything but the mid-range god. But the Warriors aren't going to say, don't shoot any threes, either. That's not how the Warriors work. The what Warriors does that have to do with anything? As in, the, the Timberwolves have been saying all season to Andrew Wiggins, just don't shoot or don't shoot any mid-ranges. Oh, okay. The Warriors aren't going to do that. They're going to just be this, for at least for the rest of this season. They're just going to be like, figure but it this out. This season doesn't matter. Okay, this I'm season talking, doesn't I'm matter. I'm talking about next but, season, but by next season, going for the finals. By next season, Andrew Wiggins has like a 40% shooter in quarter threes. What? Yeah. That's I mean, not I'm true. A, I think it's forty percent on corner threes. On corner threes. Okay, what about yeah. normal threes? That I okay, not as good, right? I bet his catch and shoot three point percentage is a lot better than his just like normal three point percentage. Okay, but how many off the three dribbles is he taking? More than you would think because he's like, but I don't know. This season's okay, been weird he, like uh, that. He's taking six and a half a game a game on thirty three percent shooting. That's that's not a good shooter. That that's it's, a slightly below average shooter. And like that yeah, being that but, being the Warriors' third best player is very alarming as a, as a guy who has but, watched the but Warriors. Are you, last are you gonna three. call? Are you gonna call him better than Draymond Green at shooting? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't say. You just said he was their third best player. Okay, because bef- before this, D'Angelo Russell was their third best player. Yeah, but uh, Andrew Wiggins isn't as good as D'Angelo Russell. He's a better fit. He's a better defender. That's for sure. He's definitely. Dude, a better I don't defender. not know where you're getting no, this from, dude. It, it just he looks like he's a good no, defender. No. But but Andrew Wiggins is so much better than D'Angelo Russell def- uh, uh, as a defender that he's it's like not, it's not no. even close. He he dude he just, he's like very, D'Angelo Russell he's very is, bad D'Angelo at being Russell a is defender. A, D'Angelo Russell is an awful defender though. Like, so is Andrew Wiggins. No 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 no, no, no. he's an he's an average defender that should be a great defender. No he's not. He's a below average. No D'Angelo Russell average. is not. Or sorry, D'Angelo Russell is a trash defender. Andrew Wiggins is a is a, a solid defender that should be that was drafted to be one of the better defenders in the league. That's the problem. People talk talk trash about uh, about Andrew Wiggins' defense because it should be so much better. I agree. But part of the reason that the, that the Timberwolves' defense sucks is Cat, Cat when Cat is on the fort, uh, is on the court, the Timberwolves' defense sucks. Okay, if, when Cat is and, out, the, the Timberwolves' defense is way better. And part of that is because Andrew Wiggins is a solid perimeter defender. I I, I don't 
think that he, like he's actually he contributes to good defense. I, he I contributes think- a lot more than D'Angelo Russell. Whereas I think D'Angelo Russell is actively harming your defense. I think Andrew Wiggins gives you a little bit of a boost. Okay, then then get someone up. I, I was like like I, Harrison I Barnes pro, in terms of like D'Angelo. Okay. Uh, in terms of a Harrison Barnes comparison, Andrew Wiggins right now is pretty comparable to Harrison Barnes on defense five years ago. On, like, f- fine. Like, yeah, if, and that's, if, if you want, and that's if a pretty want, good thing because people talk a lot about Harrison Barnes' defense. I also, I, I don't think it's, like, a great defensive fit. I don't think it's a good offensive fit at all. I think it's, it's just better like, than D'Lo, like though. you have you had this great asset in D'Angelo Russell. I can I consider him a very good asset. I may be biased mm-hmm. because I like D'Angelo Russell, but I think he's a very good asset that the Warriors stole from the Nets. Like just pure genius on on uh, Myers's part. However, you don't think you could have like either waited until off season or just got something like a bit better for for this asset or just got more picks instead. Because the only way I see this trade as a success. Like, like, of course, we'll have to see it in practice next year. The only way I see this trade as a, as a, as a success is if they trade Andrew Wiggins for some other more useful pieces. I don't. I, I think that you're severely underrating how much a change of scenery could do for Andrew Wiggins. I don't. I there is a very high chance that this trade backfires and is a failure for both teams. I I'm pretty comfortable saying that. That I I do think there's a very high chance that that happens. But I think that you're you're. Andrew Wiggins gets a ton of hate, right? And that is, for the most part, very well-deserved, offensively. Defensively, it's like looking at him, looking at what he was supposed to be, his defense should be so much better than it is. And that the reason that he's the, re- not a good the reason is that's the case is because he doesn't do the things that defenders do. He doesn't play any good off-ball defense. Yes, so he's a good, he's a good on-ball defender, I would say. He doesn't. I, I he doesn't. Timberwolves he doesn't. He doesn't have. He doesn't have a great like knack for off-ball defense. He doesn't do the things that Robert Covington was doing for the Rockets last night, for example, as we just talked but about. But not even but, that. Just normal like rotations. Uh, yeah. Or like he boxing out. Obviously, has work to do. Otherwise, people would be would be saying, "Okay, Andrew Wiggins sucks on offense, but he's one of the best defenders in the league." Like, obviously, people aren't talking about him like that. His defense is okay, and I think that. He will get a lot of help and a lot of support and a much better player development system with the Golden State Warriors than he's ever had in Minnesota. And so, when he's really forced to buckle down, play winning basketball next to a system that has Draymond Green and Klay Thompson as uh, on defense, like he is going to figure out a way to play good defense because he's going to have to. It's just like I just think that, did that he, did I just he not think have it's contagious to in, a, in like a playoff series. No, because in, in the first round. I just think that the Warriors are contagious, is what I mean. Is like, you can't walk under the Warriors and not. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm very you know? pro Warriors, but I I don't think it's like this magic thing. Like 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 they had Jimmy Butler up in his grill, and like that ended like disastrously. Okay, but there's a I, so so part of the thing is I think that the la- what's a little bit scary about this is that the last time that Andrew Wiggins was the third option on a team, it ended horribly, as you mentioned. Andrew Wiggins being the third option on the on the Warriors is very different than being the third option on the Timberwolves, though. The the talent is like semi equivalent. I mean, like like Clay was kind of equivalent in talent to Jimmy Butler. But then Steph Curry was a league MVP, or is like a former league MVP. Yeah, and then Cat is like a top fifteen player. Like Steph Curry's. Okay, okay, but there's there's (laughs) and also you're talking about like a team that barely made the playoffs versus like three time NBA champions. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, I, I think that the, the that the environment that Andrew Wiggins is entering, 
he is going to he, be able... It, he has it, never been a good role player. He's never contributed positively. Because, but, but he's never been a role player. He's been supposed to be a star, but has never been allowed to just be a role player, is kind of what I mean. And, and in, like like Bob Myers came out with a quote that says like what you're saying. However, like Andrew Wiggins has been the number one overall pick, the number one guy out of out of high school, the num- like the first option or the second option in Minnesota his entire time. He's just going to suddenly become Robert Covington. I never said he was going to become Robert. Okay, but Covington. like like a Robert Covington role, more like I don't more think like he's going to play a Robert Covington role. What do you like compare his role to like someone in the league in terms of like usage in terms of what like is he going to be creating his own shot? Is he going to be doing catch and shoot stuff? Is he going to be playing off ball? Like you don't have to give me I a think, name, just describe. I think he's going to be a sixteen point per game score, shooting forty five percent from the field. Well, this is when Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson are back. Sounds like taking that. <laughs> taking a, taking a lot of of open three pointers and therefore hitting a decent amount of them. I'm going to say like thirty six percent from three. Taking smarter shots. Being a strong finisher at the basket, and and making a big a big leap defensively, in that he's going to play better team defense. That is a lot of that is a big jump. I understand that that's a big like difference. Also, he, he's but shooting four forty four percent from the field right now. I just like that's yes, not like good. So forty four to forty five is what I said. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to make a huge jump in terms of field goal percentage. That, I think that's he's going to take like, I don't. Yeah, I, mm, it's not horrible though. Just his field goal percentage alone, you look at 23 points per game and, 20, and 44% of the field, and you don't say that he's a bad NBA player. 44% is it's not a you, field goal percentage. But, like, Russell Westbrook shooting that. Okay, but we sh- we make fun of Russell Westbrook Chris all Paul the time. shooting that. Okay, I, I, I don't know. Chris, and Chris Paul is considered a very efficient NBA player. My point is, like, you have to watch the games to really understand how efficient a player is. I don't know. I... At the end of the day, like I, I'm trying to sort of justify this on the Warriors' part because I do think that Andrew Wiggins works better than than D'Angelo Russell. Either going to give him a very very fair shot, and I think that, that he works better on the on the on the Warriors than, than D'Angelo Russell does. I think that it's I, I just don't think I think that the that the Warriors signed D'Angelo Russell with the intention of trading him. I said that before the season that he was going to get moved before the deadline, and I. I like so I'm not surprised that he got moved. And as a Steph Curry fan, I hope that the that the Warriors traded Andrew Wiggins for the purpose of trading him. I I don't think that they did though because they're married to to Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is not a player that you're going to be able to trade now. Why not? He just got traded for D'Angelo Russell because <laughs> his contract is so bad and okay, people just so. don't people don't want him. It, okay, then what the, what the hell did the Warriors want? <laughs> that it's a it's a very good question, which is like. Yeah, so it's like teams don't want him. Teams are scared of Andrew Wiggins, but I don't think. But I think that there's going to be a team that's not scared of Andrew Alarm Wiggins. Bells. It is the Warriors. Alarm bells. Like it's like yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm kind of with you on that, right? Like like it's scary, but at the same time, like there were alarm bells when they signed D'Angelo Russell to me as like this won't work with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. It will work as a trade piece because they got him for nothing, and we never saw if that was true or not. Yeah. So, like, let let's go to the Timberwolves side. Do you have yeah. any you have any closing remarks with the Warriors? I think I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's great for the Warriors. But the reason I don't think Andrew Wiggins is great for the Warriors is in if they just like replacing replacing Andrew Wiggins with D'Angelo Russell, like it's not a huge net difference. I if they got a worse player, I think they they it like benefits their team more. I think that that Andrew Wiggins fits nicely as like a fourth wing guy. 
that's going to provide more depth like after Draymond Green. And hopefully they can do something with that first-round pick that they got. But that's the key, is a top three prote- uh, protected first-round pick next year for the Timberwolves is huge because the Timberwolves are going to suck next ne- year. Next year? We don't know that. They're going to suck. They're not, not gonna, they're gonna, I, I they're not going to make the playoffs next year. I just, okay, I, I, I don't know about that. The Timberwolves like, aren't going to make the playoffs next year. We don't know. I, I'm pretty confident saying that because they're not going to be able to do much this offseason. The, the Timberwolves are, are going to miss the playoffs next year. So they're gonna, so the and and they're, but they're not gonna be a bottom three team, unless the lottery does some funky stuff. So the Warriors are gonna end up with their pick from this year and a pick next year that is considered very valuable. If anything, they're not going to flip Wiggins. What's gonna happen is they're gonna package those two picks and trade that for something. Then you have a fifth guy who is a very quality NBA starter. Okay. Which so. I think that Andrew Wiggins is. I don't think he's a star. I don't think he should be treated as a star. He should be, like, more than your average role player. Okay. Like, the only... Like, I feel like those guys are always kind of tricky. Like, the like the 16-point-per-game guys. Like, it gives off, like, very strong Portland Trailblazers mellow vibes. Like, like, like who... But, who yeah, like, but. who's averaging, like, 17 points per game? That's, like, really, like... Like contributing, contributing to like winning basketball. I would say like off the top of my head, it's like Jeremy Lamb and Evan Fournier are always like the like pinnacle of like what that could be, just like. But yeah, but the, 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 the Magic aren't winning games. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Uh, the pace like are. like T.J. Warren. Yeah. Okay. And that's like that's okay, I guess that, sort of that's what a I'm good thinking. analogy. Is, okay. That's sort of what if 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 Andrew, I, I'm saying that Andrew Wiggins is that kind of guy. Okay. You know, I yeah, and that might be a little bit hopeful. I don't. They're not. Their play styles obviously aren't the same, but that kind of impact. Okay, let's talk about the Timberwolves. Speaking of where that pick will land, I think like I'm such a huge fan of this trade. I don't know. Maybe it's just because like the the pick and roll between Cat and and D'Lo is just gonna be so great, man. It's gonna be I, so beautiful. I'm I'm so high. I love both of these guys' offenses so much. Jangelo Russell's like. He's just so smooth on the pick and roll. I might be. Uh, he looks like he's going in slow motion, man, and the cat can go anywhere. Ah, okay. uh, listening to the Zach Lowe and and Bob Myers episode of like reactions to this trade deadline changed the way that I viewed this trade a lot. That was my original reaction, which is D'Angelo Russell and Cat. Whoa, like that's pretty cool. <laughs> wow, two good players <laughs> that, that's together. Like, like like rumors. Whoa, like it actually happened. But. Zach Lowe kind of picked this trade apart and and gave it like, for example, again going back to this SB Nation trade, this SB Nation article, it has it as an A minus for both teams. I think that's way too high it, because Zach Lowe said C and C for both teams. I I think I'd have it maybe a little bit higher than a C. I think that's a little bit harsh. His reasoning is there's a very high chance this backfires, which I agree with. Like, there's a very high chance that Andrew Andrew Wiggins. Total failure on the Warriors. They're stuck with that contract. There's nothing they can do with that. They're just sitting on Andrew Wiggins and waiting for him to expire, which is not an ideal thing when you're a team that's trying to win another NBA championship. On the on the other hand, for the uh, for the Timberwolves, if you get D'Lo and and Cat, okay, those are two guys. We're going to take up a lot of salary. You're not a free agent destination. You don't have anything left to trade. So you have those two guys, but you don't have anything around them. Do they have salary problems? I, I'm, I'm going I, to basketball uh, reference here. They, like, they don't have salary problems right now. My, but my point is, you're not going to be able to go out and like sign somebody big, or you're not going to really go sign out, sign four role players that are getting paid fifteen million dollars each. Okay, but like, like, 
it's not like they're gonna in two years hit their max contracts they're both on maxes right now so it's not like mm-hmm. you're gonna get more expensive but my point is yeah my point is they're already expensive they're already limited in that like they have two huge huge cap or two huge salary guys and as opposed to the Dude, lakers I, I really think you're wrong with this one they they have two expiring contracts mm, evan, okay. evan turner 18 and a half million dollars off the books this year I mean, that's that's big because that's what they got from the other trades Al- alan crab 18 and a half million dollars off the books this year james johnson's making 15 mil uh he, and he's a player, player option, option so he's gonna take that he's obviously. gonna take that but then okay next year he'll be off the books uh, and then in terms of other contracts, I mean, Derek Culver. But regardless, okay. Derek, Derek Culver's an asset, by the way. Like, he hasn't been that good. He's an asset, yeah, but I don't know. I'm optimistic, man. Like, I, their money, they don't have, like, a huge money problem right now. My point is, they're not a free, but more importantly, they're not a free agent destination. They're not going to sign somebody in free agency. They don't need to now. They don't. That's, but, that's why you trade for stars. Yeah, but they're not going to make the playoffs next year with this roster, is what I'm saying. They're not going to make the playoffs two years from now with this roster is what I'm saying. I don't think that D'Angelo Russell and Carolina Towns are getting that much better than they are right now. I, I think I, they're going to. I think like, D, maybe you, you like, don't think you don't think bit. twenty like six year old D'Lo is going to be better than today D'Lo who's twenty three. He is going to be a little bit better, but it, I you don't think Carolina Towns is going to be top yeah, ten but player? The thing if is, he isn't I, already right I now. I think I think mm. how many like how many I top think, ten players don't make the playoffs? Like Anthony Davis comes to mind. And but like he, but he, the thing is, just, I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to call Carl Anthony Towns a top ten player because top ten players are te- players that like win games, and Carl Anthony Towns does not do that. He hasn't won an NBA game since November. He, like he also has been injured. For, talk to me when either of these guys to can, January. Talk to me when either of these guys are call, are creating wins though. Like okay. neither of them create wins individually. Dude, I don't dude, think they're going to create wins together. But you're you're just making a circular argument. You're you're saying they're not going to get wins because they haven't. Because they're not stars and they're not they're like they're not like top whatever players and they're not top whatever players because they're not winning, which is why they're not top whatever players. Like like they're not top whatever players because they're not winning. And then you're saying they're not winning because you don't think that they're top whatever players. I'm saying that top ten players win basketball games and neither of them are top ten players. I Zach Lowe. And okay, and I that, keep talking about Zach Lowe because he really I've never heard anybody talk this way about D'Angelo Russell because all I see is <laughs> D'Angelo Russell hype. Zach Lowe basically went on a rant about how D'Angelo Russell is incredibly overrated because he sucks as defender. He's an okay scorer, but he's kind of like slow motion. He, he's like a he's a very good scorer. He he can average like twenty five on a decent team. He he hasn't done that yet. How Last I, year it was like twenty three, I think. Are you sure? Mm, maybe that's this year. Let, let me check the stats. Twenty one last year. Twenty one okay. points per game. Like okay, fine. Twenty one points per game on, this on, year. as the best player on a playoff team. I understand it's the East, but they still had like forty something wins. But like, like the, the, that's legit. That's that's all star caliber. That player. is also that was also a much better constructed roster than this than this Timberwolves team. Yeah, but you you won't know that like next year or the year after. But I, I my point is I don't think this roster is going to be able to change that much. I don't. Why don't Why don't you think that they have they have like okay, thirty but, something but, million but dollars? But who are they going to the Who are they going to be able to sign? Who are the Timberwolves? The Minnesota Timberwolves going to sign that is. Super valuable and going to create wins around D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, well, I also think they share a lot of the same weaknesses. By the way, Carl Anthony Towns is straight up a bad defender. This this team is way better defensively when Carl Anthony Towns is off the is off the court. They're also like they're way, also way, way, a way better offensive team when he's on the court. Obviously, but they they have a 99 defensive rating when he's off, which is the worst in the league. Yeah, so that's like, what I mean. Th- that's why like no matter what, I'm a fan of this trade because Carl Anthony Towns can be off the court. And they won't have oh, the you worst. Mean off the, off the, 
they're, yeah. they're, I think sorry, I think their defensive rating is like 99 when he's off the court. Like, no, de- like lower is good. We, we had this discussion before, okay. so it would be high. Oh, okay. Their defensive rating is high when he's off the court. But D'Angelo Russell, also not a good defender, as I was talking about before. He doesn't, he doesn't have any feel for defense, even though he's a great passer and a, and a great scorer. Want to know a secret? What? Now there's Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> he doesn't have a good feel for the game. The yeah, only I difference say, is athleticism. I did say that. I did the say that. The only difference but, is athleticism. But that means something at yeah, the same time. Yeah, I, I understand like, it like, does mean something, but I think, like, the positives, like, incredibly outweigh the negatives, like, in terms of D'Angelo Russell. Like, yeah, but he's he also, a, he's, he's, also a worst, just, he's the worst defender, but he, he's, he can create his own offense that, and he's that more That first-round pick was also incredibly valuable. I, there's just to me it seems like there's a pretty high chance that this just never works out as in that this Minnesota Timberwolves team just is never good okay but like would you just like wait for Andrew Wiggins to become 27 I, and I, averaging an efficient mostly, 22 mostly I say game? this because Carlton Towns has yet to prove to me at all that he can win games when he has Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler barely a playoff team like this team is not as good as that team was this team will not be as good next year as that team was I don't know. I, I they think had like Jeff Teague too. Like, D'Angelo Russell can create his Dario own, Saric. D'Angelo Russell can create his own shot. Okay, no, he's no, averaging no, more threes than Dario Saric. For okay, here we go. Like D'Angelo Russell, he he's shooting pretty efficiently. He's a better player than Andrew Wiggins. Yes, I, I'm. I, I, I cool. Uh, okay, he's I, a better I, one I, for one player than I, Andrew I, Wiggins. I think he's a very good second option for a team that wants to be a steady playoff contender. This t- this team today is better than it is better than it was two days ago. That is not saying anything because this team was so bad two days ago. <laughs> yeah, and they're still okay. gonna be. Uh, I'm telling you, they're still gonna suck for the rest of the season. Andrew, I D'Angelo really Russell, agree. D'Angelo Russell is a good yeah. offensive player. He's not like. One of the fifteen best offensive players in the league, then he's one you, of the how, worst. Defensive okay, players. only fifteen guys are like that's not saying that much. That you can still be a very good player without. He's being... not one of the probably twenty-five best offensive players in the league. I, okay, I don't know, man. Like he, he he's jacking up ten threes a game and like nine twos a game. Like that already is just like I don't know. I just wanted to say that 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 stood out to me. But like I I think he can just like create his own shot. He, yes. he can play. He he can play very well together with Cat. Like, who uh, is stopping that pick and roll, bro? Who is stopping that pick and roll? Who is stopping that pick and pop? <laughs> is like, the real question. Like, okay, let me know when they actually need to be stopped. When? when, like, like, when like, I'm serious. I'm serious about this. Let me know when they actually need to be stopped. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs with that duo. So I don't need to worry about who's going to stop that pick and roll if they're not even making the playoffs. What? Okay. The this, Jazz, give, give, the Jazz, shutting that down. The give, Lakers, shutting that down. The Clippers, they, they, shutting they that down. To, to the Nuggets, the shutting that they down. Have to win the playoffs. Like, any they team they play is going to shut. Okay. Is like I don't okay. think they have a problem this, with that. Wrong. The concrete thing of your argument. Give me one sentence as to why a te- as to why this team, led by D'Angelo Russell and Carlton Towns, is not close to a playoff team. Just give, Part, me, give number, me a sentence. Number one, everything around them is awful. Okay. What number, is number two. Number two, currently Towns has yet to show that he can even be the best player on a playoff team. So it just like I think that Jimmy Butler is the best player on that on that Timberwolves team. A few, a I feel like this this back. comes down to our everlasting debate of like Cat versus Jokic. Jokic yay wins. I I, I really I'm really I really just. Conley Towns is still so much to prove, and I have no confidence in him right now. I think he's incredibly talented. I have confidence, but like. People are talking about Andre Drummond not leading to winning basketball. Like, are we sure that Carlton Towns does? Bro, do you just compare them, Andre Drummond to Carlton? Carlton Towns is a way more talented NBA player, but like, 
in the same way that, and there are different reasons that Andre Drummond, that people are saying Andre Drummond doesn't lead to winning basketball because he's very one-dimensional. He can't shoot. All he can do is rebound. Sure. But like, if we're talking about centers who have like, I don't know. It's a bad comparison, but I'm, I, I'm just sort okay, of like throwing yeah, it out there. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about Andre Drummond. I understand but, that. Okay. But I just mean that Carly Towns like still hasn't won basketball. Okay. Okay. So just to to try to refute those two claims, mm-hmm. the second one. I, I don't know how to respond to the fact that you're just like, Carl Anthony Towns isn't that good. And I'm just going to no, be like... No, Carl Anthony Towns is awesome. Carl Anthony okay, Towns is awesome. Okay, is an okay, awesome talent. But like, he sucks okay. on defense. They can't win games with him. Because you're pointing to like every... every Like the problems around him are like this entire team is horrible. Yeah. Okay, so like, how is that his fault? But at the same okay, time, okay. if Carl Anthony Towns is really a top okay, 10 we, NBA we, player, we, we like know, the second know, best center in the NBA, this team would, we, would be closer to the playoffs than they are okay we can go like Even cir- we can go games. in circles with the whole carl yeah. towns slash devin booker like oh good player bad team okay bottom line he says carl Towns doesn't lead to wins i don't know how to respond to that because like what am i gonna say he does like like he's good enough but two, they, they, okay, it was but good two, for them two, for getting like, off andrew wiggins two, though okay, they the, replaced like, andrew wiggins with a better player okay, but they gave up that first round pick arguing about this is just subjective but just yeah talking about the more objective thing but like talking so about, is like, everything in the nba but more talking about the more objective, just like looking at the roster around him, are these good or bad NBA players? No. And right now, they are good or bad NBA players. They, they're pretty bad. But they're Malik getting... Beasley, fine. Josh Koji, or Kogi, plays good defense. Still has, still not that good. But like, like he's one of the bright spots in this team. Okay, That's not like, saying okay, much. Okay, you have a value. Jarrett Culver, bright spot in the team, but like still sucks as of right now. Juan Hernan Hermon- Gomez, looking okay, not bad. like. <laughs> but but am but I like, grasping but like at exactly but like, like if those NBA. are the guys that you're highlighting as like the bright spots of this team like you're in trouble okay dude. but you're also you're getting trouble. like you're also getting like 35 million dollars out the books okay and, like, and, you, but you what are they going to do with that 35 million dollars you have to use like 10 of that to what are they like, gonna, sign Malik Beasley but, what are they going to do with that 35 million dollars I'm saying it gives them flexibility so it's not which we, they're not going to be able to do we, anything we, with we open, the Minnesota Timberwolves and they're one of the worst teams in the league dude we opened this Timberwolves segment by by you saying like they can't change for the next like 3 years they're locked in I'm just saying they're not locked in. They're not. They're flexible. It's not like they're the Rockets where they like can't make a trade without trading your third best player. Absolutely, and and they have a lot more flexibility than like the Lakers did this trade deadline. Yeah, but they're gonna they're they're gonna have a lot of expiring contracts. That's great. My point is they're not gonna do anything with the expiring contract because D'Angelo Russell and Carl Towns, while exciting to the average NBA fan, the league, the players, the, the the management, the front offices. No, that that doesn't. That's not a great duo for like winning basketball, at least yet. Maybe maybe it is by the time that both of them are coming to the end of their contract. I'm not sold. And by but by the way, that is not to say that like. I do think this trade makes sense. Like, good for the Timberwolves for doing this because, like the most important thing here is that Carlton Towns is going to be thrilled. D'Angelo Russell is going to be thrilled. You have these guys set. You have those two core pieces set. I just don't think that, that two, those two are really enough to win basketball games. They're going to sell tickets in Minnesota. They're going to be like foundational pieces for your franchise. That's not enough to do much. As a, Yeah, I mean, that's, what, that's really what I mean. Okay. I mean, fine. I, I'm a fan of this. You're not. And I guess we'll just see going forward. I think that like the second half of this season will be a decent indicator of where to go from here. I do think that the roster will be a bit different. So, of course, next year will be different. But... I guess we just gotta watch to see D'Lo cap and roll. It's yeah, be nice. I, I just I, I I keep thinking I I just think that the roster around Carl Anthony Towns has been a revolving door and kind of nothing's worked. I I think that's a trend that's going to continue. I'd like to be proven wrong. I don't think that D'Angelo Russell's that is by himself is the solution. 
That's the way I look at it. Okay. And but and so it, it could fail, and that that first round pick next year is going to be very valuable. But and, and D'Angelo Russell and Cat just might not be that good together, even if they're happy together. But in terms of talent, of course, D'Angelo Russell is better than Andrew Wiggins. For the Warriors, Andrew Wiggins is a better fit than D'Angelo Russell, and they got that first round pick. Looking at it on paper, I guess both teams won. There's a chance that both teams lose hard from this trade, though. I think that that manifests more for the Warriors than for the Timberwolves because the Warriors will have more high stakes this year. Or yeah, like, I, I guess next. I year. think I think that the that that fans, people listening to this podcast, you are all going to think D'Angelo Russell and are going to think a very certain way about him, whereas like. Zach Lowe, I, again, I keep bringing him up, like, absolutely trashed on D'Angelo Russell. As in just, like, he's just not that good. He's like, I, I, I'm quoting here, he said, he's not a top 10 point guard in the NBA and will probably never be top 8. I don't know if I agree with that, but if one of the top reporters in the game is saying that, like, that scares me. Can you really win with Carl Anthony Towns, who has yet to prove that he can win, and a guy who's not even a top eight point guard. Like, is that what you're relying on to change your franchise and turn it around and go from one of the worst teams in the NBA to a playoff team or a contender? I'm not sold. Okay. When the Timberwolves make the playoffs next year, you have to buy me a <laughs> D'Angelo Russell Timberwolves shirt. Okay. There uh, no, 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 no. When they make the playoffs? Next season, yeah. Mm. Well, no, you, yo, like, well, you're a ride or die. No, you're I, a ride or die with I'm this. still, I'm, I just, that's like, I can't be committing like $50. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not committing to that. <laughs> because what do I get out of that? <laughs> what happens when they don't make the playoffs? I don't know. You get a pat on the back. Yeah, so no, it's not, it's not a risk we're taking. Hey, that's like a $50 worth asset. So I'm saying, pat on if, the back. if I think there's a 20% chance the members of the will make the playoffs in that, which honestly, it might be higher. Uh, a, here, here's a. 35% chance I lose 20, 50 bucks. Like, it's like a good deal for me. Yeah. All right. But I, I, I've, I've said enough. Moving on to um, the Knicks Clippers Wizards one. Yeah. For me, it just comes down to yay, Knicks. We, we got an asset for Marcus Morris. Yeah. Because it's New York, everyone was trying to call us a bad trade for the Knicks just because people get clicks from talking bad about the Knicks. Yeah. That rhymed. However, I think this was good because, and I know you agree with this, we just created the asset that is Marcus Morris out of thin air. We signed him for a bit more than what people thought he was worth, Mm -hmm. and then he played up to that salary, and then because like he he had no future here, even though we love him and the Knicks love him, we just shipped him off to LA for- Other NBA teams knew that he was worth it because he kind of curved the Clippers (laughs) and then the Spurs and then signed with the Knicks, which is a weird situation, but- like you said, like we just turned a free agency signing into a first round pick. Who says the Knicks lose free agency? <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and and this is this trade is obviously intertwined with the firing of Steve Mills. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think this trade happens if we kept Steve Mills cuz Steve Mills uh, the every piece of news was the Knicks aren't going to trade Marcus Morris. The Knicks aren't going to trade Marcus Morris. The Knicks aren't going to trade Marcus Morris. Steve Mills gets fired. Here's the trade. It's like like it was just like that. It was a quick turnaround. By the way, I just want to talk about this for like thirty seconds. I'm so happy he's gone, dude. Marcus Morris no, or Steve Mills. No, no, Steve, Steve Mills, dude. He was like, he was Dolan's puppet for like ten years. Or was it the other way around? No, he he was Dolan's puppet. Okay. Like 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 he was Dolan's man. Like Dolan 
gave him the job, mm-hmm. and he kind of just like he like he did his job very poorly for James Dolan for ten years, and now he's gone, and like people are being like, oh yeah, you didn't get Masai Ujiri, but like one, we could get him next year. Two, Masai Ujiri is not the only path to success. Well, we did just hire we just did just hire a new president of basketball operations, okay. though, which very much implies that we're not getting Masai Ujiri. Basically, the word in the street is like that has sort of died off. We talked about this at lunch. No, like, I, I disagree. That, that the, hasn't, no, the, that hasn't the died were, off. The talks were... I, because I don't think... It, I, it was very unlikely that Masai Ujiri would just leave with time on his contract on a playoff well, team. That well, was, that was the thing, though, is that... But the, the, that the Raptors were I, gonna, the, the, I read an article about this, which basically said that the Raptors were going to let that happen if, if Masai Ujiri wanted enough. James Dolan couldn't commit to that, sign this other guy. Okay, that's it. So the Masai Ujiri, because he did seem he pretty interested in the Knicks, now isn't going to sign with the Knicks. Or isn't going to go run the Knicks now, is the way I think it. I just think it, Masai Ujiri, just trying to leave that in the past. Like, okay, we have to just think, this is what we've got. Okay. And, like, even, like, I'm a huge proponent of Masai Ujiri. I, I, like, I, you, I, like, I would be so happy if yeah. we had Masai Ujiri. He's, like, he's arguably the best, like, GM in the league. Yeah. Okay. But I, I would say that, well, first of all, we, like... There are two different positions. President of Basketball Operations is what we just signed versus GM, which is now Scott Perry, who is still he like I'm, he, he seems out the door. Like who played what? I know, but See, Scott Perry was for a second there was our acting president of basketball operations. So I don't think Scott Perry is out the door. No, no, no. There, I, there was a report saying like he's probably not going to come back next year. Oh, okay. But he's not. He's not going to like get fired this season. That's not no, happening. No, no, no. All right, but but going yeah. back to this, going back to this actual trade. Good for the Knicks. We got a first-round pick. We sold Marcus Morris when he was at his highest. His stock sort of peaked. If we let the trade deadline pass, he could have just we could have either re-signed him or he would have left him for agency. Probably he would have left him for agency because um, some contender would have come calling, giving him a lot of money. Um, for the Clippers, this uh, while it might not seem like a lot to somebody who hasn't like been watching the Knicks or something like that, like. Marcus Morris is quietly shooting forty-four percent from three. Like, My man has a he sniper. Is, he has a flamethrower for a right arm. <laughs> he just like has not missed from three pointers. You said that so seriously. And, yeah, well, I, I mean it. Like, <laughs> like percentage-wise, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league this season. On just open looks, you cannot let Marcus Morris get a clean shot from from outside. And having that on the Clippers makes them that little bit more dangerous. I really more think this puts. I think this. Yeah, more than a little. I, I think this puts the Clippers even farther over the edge. Is like to me, they're a step ahead of the Lakers as the team to beat in in June. Especially it's like, because they're so well rested. Exactly, right? Like Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, Marcus Morris. Like that is a ridiculous amount of talent all on one roster. That's way more well built and deep than I think the Lakers are. Yeah. Even if Anthony Davis and LeBron James are awesome and occasionally get good games from KCP, Danny Green, whoever. Yeah. Um, just for Not me, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> for me, I think that for the Knicks, I, I was like, man, like we got a first-round pick. That's great because I didn't think that contenders were going to give that up solely because – not because Marcus Morris was not good, but because his, his value would be less for a contending team because – he wouldn't be going off the dribble and doing all this stuff. He he would be more of a catch and shoot guy, which is still super valuable. But like, is is his role really going to be more valuable than like a I don't know, just like a Joe Harris or whatever? I, I think so. No, no, no like like he's so, obviously yeah. like a better like player, and and he's just like like a bigger he's dude. Also, better he's defender. also he's also bigger, better defender. That's what I was gonna say. But like, 
I think his he, like he's not going to be scoring like twenty points a game, and like I understand like the Clippers knew that, but which he's kind of doing right now, nineteen point six. Yeah, but he's not going to be scoring twenty points a game anymore. He's he's probably going to be scoring like like thirteen or something like twelve. He's shooting six three pointers a game right now. If he's like, I don't see a lot of reason why the Clippers wouldn't have him taking five three pointers a game when he's shooting forty four percent. Like, just to have him shoot, just like hand him the ball and just keep getting him clean looks. Yeah, right. Just like. Flamethrower. Even if you can, more than six, right? There's a chance that more options, he gets more clean looks. You know, Clippers don't have that many shots to go around. They have to figure out some minutes things, but that's a huge spark. And, and you can play him kind of at the three or the four. You can play him off the bench. Yeah, that's and true, like, too. Like, like, I don't think they'll need that much firepower off the bench. They already have Lou Williams and Montrez. I, I, I think they'll play him off the bench. I, I, I just saw like an ESPN depth chart. Mm-hmm. I, I think they will, well, just because... Uh, you could play, like, Kawhi at the two, Paul George at the three, Ma- Morris at the four. And then not start like, not start Shamit, or start Shamit and have Patrick Beverly on the bench. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're having Landry Shamit play point guard. Um, yeah. Probably have Landry Shamit like, go off the bench. Kawhi Leonard can't, like, play point guard like LeBron can. Yes, that's true. And, but... but seems like they paid a lot for Marcus Morris to have him come off the bench, is the way I guess I look at it. I mean... Part of it, part of it is they have to outbid the Lakers, too. Yeah. You can't afford to let the Lakers get Marcus Morris. So that, yeah. that ups his value a little bit, too. Yeah, they were a little bit of a bid war or a stare-off for this one. Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. And for the Wizards, I, I don't even remember what they got back. I don't think it was that notable. But like Probably just to make the money work. I, I honestly yeah. don't even know. Yeah. Oh, Oh yeah, they, they, got, they, they got the Clippers got Isaiah Thomas from the Wizards. No, the Wizards get Jerome Robinson. I was actually when it first came out that the Clippers were talking with the Knicks about Jerome Robinson. I talked to our friend Vinny, and I was like, "Oh, we're gonna get Jerome Robinson." And he was like, "Who's that?" And I was like, "Yeah, low key, he was the pick like right before, right after Shea Gillis Alexander. Who knows? He hasn't really done anything with his career. He had a cool haircut in college. That's all. I <laughs> and, he, and he can shoot through. But yeah, but he went to the Wizards, young. not to the Knicks. Jerome Robinson, just to clarify." Yeah, he was on the Clippers. Yes, yeah. And he went to Knicks. The Knicks what, also got more Mo Harkless. That doesn't mean all that much. but Yeah, like, like he, he's a good player. But expiring contract, right? Is he? I, 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 I hope assume so. Honestly, I hope he's not. We could totally trade him to a contender next year. Um, or, or by expiring, I mean like one or two years left. Well, If he has one year left, we could totally Marcus Morris him. Like like less so. Uh, but He's not that. He's not as good at, like or anywhere close to as serviceable good. for the Trailblazers. Averaging, averaging, averaging five and a half points per game this year. I think. Decent mm. shooter, decent defender. I don't know. It D- yeah. doesn't really matter. Anyways, that's the Knicks Clippers Wizards deal. Going yeah. on to the last trade: Heat versus Grizzlies. We have. This is okay. Yeah, this was interesting. My initial thoughts was okay, like like good benefits both teams. Then I saw that the Grizzlies also traded Dr- yeah. Jake Crowder, and I was like, "That's uh, that's, I, that's that's kind of a lot." I for was Justice thinking the Winslow. exact same thing, which was like not not even that it's that much for Justice Winslow. But I'm like, "Wow, the Heat have a lot of <laughs> three and D wings." I like, I wow, and like they did this, not give up that much. When for this it. trade first came out, Justice Winslow for Andre Iguodala, I was like, "This is my favorite trade of the deadline." Yes, exactly. Like, this, it, was, it, was, this is so awesome. It, like, it like, benefits both teams. This is a perfect NBA trade, right? <laughs> because because also going back to that New Year's resolutions trade that I talked their video that I talked about one of the things I the thing I said for the Heat was that they're gonna have to figure out either how to reintegrate Justice Winslow and do an offense that has been incredible without him or they're gonna have to trade him they should do one of the two but don't just let him like float somewhere in no man's land I'm glad that 
if they weren't going to reintegrate him back into the offense that they traded him. He's got some value right now. The unfortunate thing is that he's just never healthy. So there's a little bit time for the day. That's the reason that it's a little bit... uh, You could make the argument that it's a little bit of an overpay for Justice Winslow, which is like you give up Dre Crowder, who's kind of been the heart of the... Yeah, exactly. The Grizzlies like, this like, year. It wasn't like Jake Crowder is like this asset that like the Grizzlies need for their long term future. He's a he's a like, good defender and a like, good three point shooter. He's, he's like not good elite, ha- but, but he's he, just he, he's like good to have on the exactly. team. Just he's the locker room guy. Yeah, like he's a vet. He's an important reason. So, like, if the Grizzlies are going to stick with that like playoff run that they're that they they kind of like have the potential for this year, where they're the A seed in the West, right? They're sort of like knocking on the door of the playoffs. Jake Crowder was kind of the perfect guy for that, and they kind of need him for that. Um, which is like, even if they're going to make the playoffs, you're going to lose in the first round. But like, it's important to have him there. But also, question mark, I think that their pick might be lottery protected. So I think if, if they don't make the playoffs, they get their pick. I, I mean, I'm not positive. But it, that, that just came to mind right it's now. It's not so I'm like, I'm like, lottery. Like, what if this trade makes them worse? It's Although, less than lottery protected. It's like it's like top six protectors. Oh, like that. Okay. Yeah, it's like not as, that yeah. doesn't apply. Um, and then... But, Let's talk about the Heat, I guess. Yeah, the Heat. So, so this trade, dude, they have great so for, many great, three and D wings. Awesome for the Heat and, and Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder. It's ridiculous. This trade would have been unbelievable if they got Danilo Gallinari, which was a yeah. serious thing for for a while. Like they almost pulled Danilo Gallinari out of thin air for like draft compensation from the if, OKC Thunder. Yeah. So if they had given up picks for Danilo Gallinari. And they'd kept Kendrick Nunn and kept Duncan Robinson, which I'm not sure that they would have. But if they had been able to do that, this would have been, like, one of the best NBA trade deadlines maybe ever for a single team. Just because, like... The, the So many nerdy, small moves. Exactly. Are just, like, so Well, Danilo Gallinari, I don't even think it's, like, a nerdy, small move. Like, Danilo Gallinari is quietly, like, one of the three best stretch fours in the NBA. I'm pulling three, like, out of thin air. But, like, he's awesome. Danilo Gallinari's... Would just be so perfect on the Heat, and that could really separate the Heat of like, as like that's a team that beats the Sixers, right? Whereas like, now I like the Heat against the Sixers. I talked about this to you before, which is that against the Sixers they can run this this zone that they've been sort of featuring this season with Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, like. If you run that zone against a 76ers team with a lack of shooting, whoo! I don't know how they're going to score, right? So, I, I, so I, think, I like them against the Sixers for that reason, which is, and I think that 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 enhances that defense a lot. But that Danilo Gallinari trade would have put them over the edge as like putting them in like sort of a different tier, I think, in the Eastern Conference. Where like I'm putting them a step below the Bucks for sure. But I think I'm picking them over the Pacers, the Raptors, the the Sixers, like in that case, if they got uh, Gallinari. From Whereas now t- I put them like you, with the Sixers. You put them with the Sixers. Yeah, and you have the Sixers as like the number two, number three. Yeah, as in like who are the most likely to come out of the East? Like, I I'm gonna put the Sixers, Celtics, Raptors, Heat in like the same second tier below the below the Bucks in like their own tier. Okay, I talked to you yesterday. Maybe the Pacers next. And year. you thought that. The Miami, the Miami Heat were like a clear cut, second in the East. Well, I said I my argument was that the that the the Heat after that trade, are are my favorite over the 76ers. That was what I was saying. Was that I thought that the Heat would make the Eastern Conference Finals. Was what I was saying. The I still don't know where I stand on that. Just because I don't think that Jimmy Butler's like I, a top fifteen player in the NBA. 
Yeah. I, and I, very few teams. I know he's definitely a top 15 player in the NBA, in my opinion. But I don't yeah. agree. I, I said, yeah, I don't agree with that. But I, but I, I, my, my point is, I understand where you're coming from. You mean that they don't have, like, they don't have a superstar. Guy. They don't have that guy. Yeah. They like, have they have that guy. They don't have that guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, like, for me, it's like, okay, most teams have, like, a superstar. Whereas Jimmy Butler's an all-star. He's not a superstar. There's a difference. Yeah. And I think, like, yeah. most finals teams, they have superstars. And most, West, and most Western Conference finals and Eastern Conference finals teams have superstars. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's just something we're accustomed to. To where I'm like, it's gonna take a lot for me to stop, kind of believing that. Stop, kind of like taking the Miami Heat with a grain of salt. Because hmm. that, that's what I do. Yeah, now. I mean, I'm like because we were talking, we were like, talking about like, this almost in the same way that I take the Denver. The that's Denver what I was gonna say. You brought with, that with up. A grain of salt. Compare them to the Denver Nuggets, which is I agree with you that I don't think the Denver Nuggets are a real are a real competitor as much as I like Jokic as much as I like the Denver Nuggets in the regular season. I don't feel that same way about the Heat, where they're not real contenders. The same thing is like, I don't think the Raptors have a true superstar. Pascal Siakam's a star; he's an All-Star starter. I picked him pretty high in our All-Star draft. You did. I no regrets. Shout out to the people <laughs> for, for voting me for voting my team. I stick by my team, but I've lost my train of thought. But okay, yeah, yeah, the Raptors don't have a true superstar either. Okay, yeah, but. Honestly, the only team at the top of the e- the only two teams at the top of the East that really have a true superstar are probably the Sixers and the Bucks. I call Joel Embiid and Giannis true superstars. Kemba is not a true superstar. Jimmy Butler, I would say, is closer than Kemba, but not a true superstar. The Pacers, like Victor Oladipo, is yeah. definitely not one hundred percent, and even at his one hundred percent, is not. A true I was superstar. thinking about, I was thinking about that too yesterday when we were having th- this argument. That's such a weird contrast between the West and the East. Because I feel like the West has more, just they like definitely have more like like like, like the more like Rockets, the more individual guys, like the more James Hardens, the more Jokic's, mm-hmm. even the more like Donovan Mitchells, like like yeah, I mean, not like not as uh, much, mm-hmm. but like you have like the Luca, like you have like the guy putting up a bunch. The way I would phrase it is like they have the guys that House of Highlights is posting about. Yep. Or <laughs> <laughs> like sure. like the guys that get the social media clicks are in the West, like Luca, Harden, LeBron. Anthony Davis, Paul George, Kawhi, like, yeah. they get more clicks than Victor Oladipo. <laughs> yes. Pascal Siakam. DeMontis like, Sabonis. And I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with that, but, like, that's the way it works. Um, I don't know how we got to there from the Heat-Grizzlies <laughs> trade. But, but, yeah, but I do we think there was, a, there was a little bit of, a, of an overpay potentially on the Grizzlies part in that Justice Winslow, awesome, can't stay healthy. Heat, get Jay Crowder and uh, Andre Iguodala. That's a lot. Yeah. That's, that's mostly and, what I have to say about that. Yeah, I, I do think that, like, good job for Grizzlies just growing this young core. I think Justice Winslow mm-hmm. has kind of just been, like, forgotten in that uh, draft class that featured Jaleel Okafor, Porzingis, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Um, especially when he was so hyped up before. That's all I really have to say on this trade. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how Justice Winslow fits when he comes back. Next to Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks, John Morant. I'm really excited for that. Gives them a lot more versatility and that he can be a ball handler. Also a good three-point shooter at times, question mark. Like, <laughs> I think he's a good three-point shooter, but I also can't say that with 100% confidence. He's had stretches where he's an awesome three-point shooter, stretches where he can't do it at all. We shall see. 
I think that he has a lot of potential if he can stay on the court. So I think good move for the for the uh, for the Grizzlies. And if they're gonna trade away their Jay Crowder and their Andre Iguodala, like go young, and go with did. their timeline. And they did so. Upvote, I guess. Thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I don't think that there are any. And out of all the teams that we went over, I don't think there were any huge losers from this trade deadline, except for maybe the Pistons. Yeah, I agree. Maybe the Cavs too. I don't. Uh, there, that could be a huge L if they like Why? end up stuck with Andre Drummond and and, and their but team even, just isn't good. But even then, that's like their decision to sign him. That, yeah, that doesn't really have anything to. Do with the, the I, I just mean they could they could end up being stuck with Andre Drummond if they end up paying him and then are like just sitting on Andre Drummond with a big old contract and. They are still figuring out Sexland and just like is a mess, which seems like a very Cavs thing to do. <laughs> yes, very Cavs thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's been interesting. It was a fun trade deadline. It was a very fun trade do- deadline, especially because I think like it was so much more exciting than past years because past years have been pretty good too. But like we just got a, a storm of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the like the second most players traded in that one uh, Rockets Wolves Hawks Nuggets deal. Just like a lot, like all the names that could have been traded, were traded, like 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 except we, for like a Bradley Beal, but we kind of knew that wasn't going to happen. No, that that couldn't have happened because he signed the extension. Like mm. like he wasn't allowed to be traded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but like, like pretty much every player that was in rumors got traded. Yeah. Yeah. I just mean like Bradley Beal. Yeah, was yeah, at the yeah. Rumors at the beginning of the season. Yeah. The one name I heard brought up that or they didn't hear on trade rumors, but. That Zach Lowe, I keep going back to him, but he mentioned that should have been traded was Evan Fournier. Like, why wasn't he traded? Not sure. He probably would have been great for a Lakers or Clippers. But I also feel like he's like one of the only guys who can dribble and shoot on the Magic. So yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, but uh, the Magic are in such a weird, a weird place that it wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised to see them like do something to get out of that place. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's for the most part yeah. all I have to say. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space the Floor NBA Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Follow us on Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast and on Twitter at Space the Floor. And subscribe on YouTube and leave a review and subscribe on Apple Podcast. And we hope you enjoyed. My name is Connor Gielan. And I'm Connor Flattery. And see you guys next time. Peace. Shout out PJ Tucker. Thanks for the 50th episode, guys. <laughs>